This is Clutch Fans. And by the way, shout out to the Clutch fans. You're listening to the Clutch Fans Podcast, an open conversation for Houston Rockets diehards. Houston Rockets is unbeatable. <laughs> Now, here's your host, the man who would have drafted Harold Miner over Robert Ory, Dave Hardesty. We are at the Toyota Center floor after the Rockets' 98-81 win over the San Antonio Spurs, a game that was televised on TNT uh, nationally, and uh, we haven't done a podcast in months. I'm here with good friend M.K. Bauer. You know him from Sports Exchange, as well as uh, writes some great articles as well for Culture Map. Uh, MK, thanks so much for uh, being here with me, man. Thanks, Davis. Uh, always good to be back. And, you know, there's, like I was mentioning, there is literally so much to talk about. I mean, we, we probably haven't done a podcast in, in some time that there's really off-season things to talk about, future to talk about. But what we're seeing here, the first six games, Rockets have jumped out to a 6-0 start, uh, their best start since 1996-97. Uh, what have your thoughts been, what you saw here tonight against the Spurs, and just this team in general, how it's changed from last season? I mean, there is no conversation other than how they played defensively. You know, we spent the entire training camp, um, really the offseason into the training camp, trying to make amends for the mistakes they supposedly made personnel-wise in the offseason, losing Chandler Parsons, Omer Oshik, Jeremy Lin, bringing Ariza in, and they're really kind of reconfiguring some things on the fly after, I would say, a huge setback and not getting Chris Bosh. And they hammered home the talking point about how good they were going to be defensively. Clearly, there were a lot of naysayers about that. And that's understandable in terms of where they were last year and what happened in the offseason. But you can't separate the 6-0 start from how well they've played defensively. It's been the most important aspect of the start. It's the one thing that rings the, the truest in terms of how well they've played, that they're third in the league in defensive efficiency. Um, second in the league in opponents' effective field goal percentage. All the hallmarks are there of this being a much better defensive team than they were last year, and that's what stands out to me. They're still a very good offensive team, still top five. Howard has been fantastic. He was outstanding tonight. Hard has been extraordinary, but nothing resonates more with me than how well they play defense. You know, I think it's funny because you mentioned, uh, you know, what they lost, and I think that's what – it was a painful offseason for all of us as far as Rocket fans. I mean – they were absolutely pounded by the media. Um, you know, they, they swung for the fences and swung and missed. They didn't really add anybody. But I think people looked at things that they lost that they really, it, it, you could look at it, some of it, in some ways, as addition by subtraction. I think specifically uh, Lynn, which you, were, you know, is a good example of that. I mean, they seem to be right here with this team, what we've seen, much more focused, um, they, they keep their turnovers down, it seems. I mean, the last few games not, have not been the best example. Um, their three-point efficiency has gone up. And like I said, I think people focused on, oh, hey, they lost Parsons, they lost Lynn, they lost Ashik, They lost so much. But it seems in watching this, they've gained a lot. They've become, I think they've almost become a, a much better in their three-pronged attack. Harden, it looks better. Dwight looks better. And those two are using the three-point shooters around them um, better than you know they've, they've looked at any point last season. I mean, just 
going down the numbers, Harden 39% from three-point range, Ariza 55%, Terry 54%, Cannon 48%. These are guys who are shooting four to seven, six, seven threes a night in the first six games. Um, that's what, to me, has been so impressive. Their offense, their defense, um, both have improved over last year. I think what was interesting to me tonight was just how well they utilized the pick and roll with Harden and Howard. Even one instance that jumped off the page to me was was Cannon using the pick and roll with Howard up top and get, then getting to the room. I think at some point they're going to miss the secondary ball handling that they obviously got from Parsons and Lynn, and, and I don't know how you quickly overcome that. Um, and It's, it's going to be an issue. Obviously, Ariza has been a huge plus as a defender and as a three-point shooter over Chandler Parsons, but I think what Parsons provided them as another ball handler on the court will be missed. We haven't seen that thus far. I think we've we've dumped, or the Rockets have dumped a lot of responsibility, more so on James Harden as a primary ball handler. His usage rate is higher than it's been at any point in his career. How can he maintain that? I even mentioned that to you during the course of the game. You're asking him to absorb more ball handling this year because of what you've lost, and clearly he's playing better defense than this year than he has at any point in his career that we've seen with our own eyes. Um, how much can he hold on doing both of those simultaneously? He's going to have to be otherworldly in terms of his shape moving forward into the season. Um, but you can't get around that the three-point shooting has been extraordinary, and we figured it would be with the addition of Ariza and Jason Terry. You can't get around how well that Hart and Howard looked together in year two, and I think there was some growth that everyone should have expected that maybe just the naysayers didn't want to ex- expect because of how they feel about those two guys individually and then collectively in terms of their leadership, and that's what stands out to me offensively. The three-point shooting is going to be there, I think, through the course of the year. I think Harden and Howard are all going to continue to get better because they're so individually talented, and I think they're unison, they're working in unison, you see two guys who are willing to be selfless on the court, and that's going to be a huge plus. I just wonder what's going to happen when they get to a point in the season where teams adjust to their shooting, adjust to the pick and roll with those two guys, and force someone else to handle the ball in a half-court set. Yeah, you know, you uh, you hit on something there with Harden, the chemistry between Harden and Howard. You know, I think that's something I've been a little down on. I, I didn't see a lot of it last year. I, th- I personally thought, and I even commented after the Miami game, like, hey, why are we not seeing alley-oops more? seems like as good as Harden is attacking the basket and Howard is finishing, you know, with the defense that Harden draws, you would see that more. And tonight here against San Antonio, I mean, that's all. It seemed like we saw this six, seven, eight times, you know, alley-oops to, to Dwight pick and rolls. It, it was probably the most we've seen that in any game this year, at least it seemed to me, to the, to the naked eye. Um, and and I, I share your concern about the bench. I think the bench is where they did get weaker. I mean, and that's not to say, uh, you know, Lynn or, or, or what have you was necessarily a huge loss to this team. It's just that they've got to have somebody that they can uh, rely on to to create. Um, and I think that's something that's going to have to come via trade because this starting lineup looks contender-worthy. Uh, I think that they've got to add, you know, that's on Daryl here coming up. Um, they've got to add some pieces that they can rely on that uh, can give Harden a breather, can give Howard a breather. I mean, their backup center situation is not good right now. Um, so those are things that, uh, you know, Daryl Morey's up to up to bat for, I think, soon. But um, I'm just blown away by what we've seen uh, in how efficient and how they've really taken their game plan and, and found the right pieces so far around yeah. that. Uh- the thing statistically, to your point about the starting lineup, if you look at where we are thus far, they have four lineups, four five-man lineups that have played roughly 20 minutes or above. Um, the one that jumps out with a net rating of 49.3 points per 100 possessions is Ariza, Cannon, Harden, Howard, and Demo. So you see what can be done with those guys on the court. Second, 
and a 42.2 net rating is Ariza Cannon, Harden, Howard, and Terrence Jones. So it, it doesn't really matter who you switch out of that, at that four position. And even having um, Cannon in there instead of Beverly, they've been extraordinarily efficient offensively and really much better defensively. And I think that speaks obviously to the addition of Ariza. I think that speaks to obviously having Howard on the court. And again, we can't hammer this home enough. Just how well they played, how well James Harden has played defensively through six games. Tonight he was just all over the court, scrambling around three block shots, contesting everything, really getting up on guys, closing out on perimeter shooters. Something he wasn't doing last year, he's doing with in earnest this season with a, with a great deal of ferocity, and he's just so feisty out there. And I think that's what's impressed me the most. You know, Mikhail talked in the preseason, right before the Spurs game, in the preseason about blending more, keeping either Harden or Howard on the court to compensate for what you don't have for that second unit. And it's working thus far, but I think he understands that at some point it's going to bite him in the rear because you're going to overwhelm these guys with minutes, and you have to find somebody, as you referenced, somebody else that can kind of come in and provide them a punch on offense and some leadership defensively without one of those two guys always being on the court. I think long-term it's not going to work. And foul trouble, either with Harden or with Howard, more likely with Howard, is going to eat into that, that plan at some stage. So I'm curious to see what happens next. I don't know what move they make or what move they can kind of predict to make as you get closer to the deadline. But they have to find some sort of way to alleviate the pressure on those two guys because right now they're carrying a lion's share of the minutes, but right now it's working. Yeah. You know, you touched on Harden's defense. Uh, You know, I think it's going to be a long time. He's going to have to prove it for a long time before this narrative, which I think has become quite lazy that he's just this terrible defender. I think Kawhi even said tonight he never thought – Harden played terrible defense. And don't get me wrong, we know, we've seen James Harden play terrible defense. That, you know, 11, 12-minute YouTube video uh, has become the testimony to that. Um, But he's been focused this year. I think we've seen people even write, you know, stories even as of yesterday, I believe, about his MVP candidacy. It's like, hey, he's a terrible defender. This year, that has not been the case. He's been, and I think having Ariza and Beverly, you know, in, in most of these games, on both sides of him just seems to have him more focused and maybe you know you could credit some of that to what we saw you know him playing with the USA team this summer but I just think that there's he would stick out like a sore thumb if he did not bring it defensively and I think it would lead me into my next point really which is what Trevor Reese has brought to this team I think most people thought hey they lost a ton in Chandler Parsons Uh, they bring in Ariza half the cost of, of what Parsons was in your opinion, is this is this guy a better fit than what Chandler Parsons brought? Now, granted, Parsons being measured as a superstar or a top player for Dallas and is graded that way based on his salary, Ariza's come in here fit a role around two, two superstars. I don't know how you could say otherwise. I think that the shooting, uh, the leadership, the fact that he's been in this league for a long time, he, he brings a veteran savvy and a calmness about him on the court that I think this team really needs. As you continue to build this particular roster into one that is a championship contender, you not only need superstars like Chris Bosh, which they pursued, or Carmelo Anthony, you need a guy who's played a while, who's won in this league, and who knows how to do his job. And I think that's the one thing that stands out to me about Ariza is that he understands what kind of player he is at 29 years old. He knows exactly what his strengths are and his weaknesses are, and he plays those strengths very, very well. You don't see him putting the ball on the court too much. You don't see him trying to do things that are above and beyond his offensive skill set. But you see him locking down guys defensively, challenging guys that could be challenged. He knows how to play the passing lanes. He knows how to get into the corners and shoot. He finds spots on the floor that enable James Harden to find him for open three-pointers. And I think that's what this team really needs. It's about fit. And maybe we all underestimated how good of a fit he would be because we were so focused on what they lost in Chandler Parsons. Yeah. And I think thus far, he's been a great fit for this particular roster. And, you know, I said last year going into the season that Hardwood averaged seven and a half assists and I ended up being a little bit over on that. I think this year he can get that number because Ariza is so adept at finding spaces on the court 
and waiting for Harden to make that good pass. And with the improved shooting that we've seen out of Beverly, particularly in corner three-pointers, with the way Harden and Howard are working in unison in concert on the pick and roll, I think Harden can hit that number this season. And I think it all ties into the fact that, that Ariza gives them a consistent three-point shooter at the three that they did not have last year. What a difference from when we saw this guy in 2009. I mean, this guy has matured. Uh, His his three-point shot has become so deadly now as well. But, I mean, I just remember watching that guy. I mean, of course, he was thrust into a role where he had to be the star, and the whole Yao Ming situation was different. I mean, they they brought him in under slightly different circumstances. But... I mean, this he has blown me away. I mean, we, we talked about even before tonight's game that we're going to obviously see a regression to the mean. The guy's not going to shoot 60% from three-point range all year. We did see that tonight, two for 10, one for five uh, from long long range. But if this guy's giving you 40% three-point shooting and playing the defense, improved defense uh, that we've seen tonight over what they had last year in Chandler, uh, I have to 100% agree this guy's a better fit than Chandler Parsons. Now, I will say, you know, tying into your bench, you gain some with Chandler when you take out uh, Harden, or you take out Howard. I mean, you had you probably have a little bit more weapons offensively. You had more than than you do now. But I think as far as starting lineup, it, it got better. Uh, that's where we're going to see it. The minutes distribution as we get deeper into the season, as December turns into January, and you can't have a reason out there by himself as a ball handler. In fact, we saw a little bit tonight. I kind of poked you when they had the only guard on the court was J- was Jason Terry. And everybody else was, was a secondary or even a tertiary ball handler. Nobody that could really depend on handling the basketball. And, and Mikhail went away from that line pretty quickly because I don't think it can work. And that's the one thing you'll miss with either not having Lynn or uh, Parsons here with this team, that as, as you try to give those guys a blow, particularly Harden, and you don't have a cannon on the court with a Jason Terry, I don't think it's going to work because yeah. you just don't have another guy out there that can really run your offense through or just you know be a release valve in terms of offensive uh, pressure. So... I don't want to panic in terms of saying that, but I think at some point that's going to come to the forefront and you have to make a decision on what you're going to do on how you're going to handle that situation. But thus far, it's been fantastic. And I think at some point they'll figure out a way, you know, a coach in his situation of Mikhail will keep tinkering with the lineup and find out who can be on the court at what time. And I, I, as we walked over here, I was mentioning how fascinated I am with the Harden, Terry, Papa Nikolaou lineup. And I think at some point we'll see more of those guys together because they pass so well. But in the same vein, you, you're going to have to see some sort of trade-off in terms of who could be on the court with Dwight Howard and who can help a secondary ball, a primary ball handler by being a secondary ball handler and someone you trust with the basketball in key situations. You know, you just mentioned three guys I was, I was going to bring up. Cannon, first of all, spe- speaking of quick growth. I mean, I, I honestly thought this guy was on the bubble to be cut in, in the preseason. I mean, it, they, were, they seemed to have this fascination with Ish Smith, which we never understood, granted. But I thought, you know, Cannon just wasn't stepping up his first preseason game I thought he was awful in the fourth quarter um, and has shown to be pretty solid here in the last couple games now we may see uh, some bumps here going to go probably against Steph Curry here in the next game that's that's tough for anybody Um, but he has played pretty well went up against Tony Parker tonight and a a guy I know you're a big fan of Kostas Papanikolaou his passing is extraordinary yeah I, I can't get beyond the basketball IQA and B, the way he passes the basketball. And maybe at some point, the dribbling is not what I'm looking for in terms of a secondary ball handler, but the passing is outstanding. And I didn't mean to cut you off, but at no, some yeah. point, he'll get more comfortable with shooting. He'll start to understand the speed of the NBA game. And you add those two aspects to what he's already shown as a passer, that's the one guy that I think the bloom is going to be extraordinary as you get deeper into the season. I think Cannon has been fantastic with being pushed into a certain role. Yeah. And tonight, I thought he really challenged 
Tony Parker in key spots on the floor, drew a couple fouls down here, but then got a steal down here when he was all on Parker's face, which shows me I'm not going to back down. And that's all you need out of him. I don't expect everyone to play like a bulldog like Patrick Beverly does, but I want to see that same intensity that Beverly brings to the court. You're seeing some of that in Harden. I saw a lot of that tonight in Isaiah Cannon. If he can keep doing that moving forward, A, and B, utilize the pick and roll. He did it once with Howard, not just become a three-point shooter, but understand getting to the rim because he's very strong in the upper body. He's quick. He has leaping ability. That's going to help him a world. That's going to do him a world of good. And then he seizes that backup point guard role that we're all concerned about in the preseason, watching them struggle, watching Ish Smith refuse to take a three-pointer and, and wondering where it was going to come from. He stepped into that void. He's, he's done some impressive things thus far. Yeah, you know, I I will say that I was a big believer in Papa Nikolai as far as I thought he could come in a, a little nervous about what they gave him. I mean, you know, you know, over $4 million, a little high, obviously. There were strategic reasons for that. Cannon blindsided me. Uh, I, I would say Jason Terry, in a way, has shocked me as well. I, you know, for them to, to acquire Terry the way they did, getting some good second-round picks for him, I mean, they were paid to take him off of the Kings' hands. Uh, for him to come in here and play, just, I think, beautifully as a compliment to these guys, you know, a deadly three-point shooter, um, that's an, an addition to me that has really surprised me. I mean, I know we knew the guy could shoot, but I thought he, he, just, he may be on his last legs here, the way he played and, uh, with Brooklyn, the way he played with, with Boston, and, and Sacramento had no use for him. I, I thought maybe he was already you know, well past his prime, and he seems to, uh, kind of like Dikembe Mutombo when they acquired him back in 0405, um, they seem to have found something here, a guy who can really add to this team. What's the one skill that never goes away? Shooting the basketball. Yeah. And he's always been able to shoot the basketball. And even last year, it's, it's interesting, I was kind of crunching numbers when he was acquired. His three-point shooting percentage was still the same based on his career as it was last year. And, and we kind of lose sight of that because everything else was just so in flux. His health wasn't right. You know, He didn't play heavy minutes at all with Brooklyn, and I also didn't play at all when he got to Sacramento. But the shooting has always been there. And I think, again, as, we, as, as the season evolves, he'll play less and less, or he'll play sporadic minutes. He'll play in key points of games against key opponents and not play heavy minutes because the shooting is still there. When you see him open, you think it's automatically going in. A, and then B, when you see him in transition, pull up on threes, it's yeah. so dangerous because he's crafty enough to get the spots on the floor to where the defense can't find him. And I'm amazed at how frequently he gets enough of an open look to get that quick jumper off. But that just shows you how long he's been in this league, how much he understands his own game. And playing with a guy like James Harden, who's so adept at finding guys who are on the court open, I think it's going to open up a world of good. Maybe he's been rejuvenated because he's on a winning team, a team with championship aspirations, and plays with a guy in Harden who has enough skill to get him the ball over and over again in open spots. I'm, I'm interested to see where this goes because I think a lot of people thought he was an afterthought at 37 years old. He's clearly showed he has plenty left in the tank. Yeah, you know, I have to give you a lot of credit because I remember early on in this season you t really talked with Mikhail a lot about, hey, you know, trying to have Howard or Harden on the floor at all times. You know, and we've seen when those guys are out, this team falls apart. Uh, you know, Harden has been huge in plus minus. Howard as well, the, the, the interior defense falls apart without him in there uh you know i so I, we talked about the depth being a big problem i just want to you know before we finish this up ask you we know we're going to see trades down the line here what do you think is the one thing that is that would be the biggest boost to this team to add whether it's a, a point guard a power forward a backup center what is it that, that, that they absolutely need i'm terrified at their lack of scoring from their, their secondary bigs mm. it, it frightens me when, when you, we scoring saw tonight, from inside scoring. Okay. i think everything else will be okay i think their defense and their rebounding is fine 
But, you know, I would love to see Debo play as a backup center, but he's done nothing offensively thus far. And that's a serious concern because he's playing with no confidence on that side of the court. And I don't know what it's going to take him to get around how he feels about his game to become a better offensive player. I just don't see how they survive against the better teams in the West if they get zero scoring from their bigs outside of Dwight Howard. It, yeah. It's not going to work. And, you know, they have some pieces. They can dangle young pieces in Terrence Jones, in Demo. I don't think anybody's going to want it. Maybe a Capella. But, you know, the other guys they are playing right now, no Joey Dorsey at all, obviously. Tariq Black is, is, you know, he's the second big right now off the bench, or first big off the bench. There's just not enough scoring. And we yeah. saw that tonight. The minute Howard goes off the court, and Demo didn't play extended minutes tonight, there's nothing on the interior. And teams don't even have to think about guarding that. Now, granted, Terrence Jones hasn't played a couple games in a row. I think at some point you'll see him be on the court as a, as a second big or the big who's going to be relied upon scoring yeah. Dwight Howard's on the court. And he's capable, clearly. He was fantastic last year in the restricted area. I think he was fourth in the league in, 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 in percentage shooting in the restricted area. So let's not take him out of the equation. I think he'll be key. But I would love to see somebody come in here as a big man that can score the basketball off the bench. Uh, I think everything else is fine. I think we've seen enough of Isaiah Cannon in concert with, with, with uh, Jason Terry and Patrick Bailey to, to be comfortable yeah. at that stage. Um, I don't know what they do in terms of the secondary um, shooter off of the bench other than Terry, but I think Harden's going to deal with playing 38 minutes a game this season, yeah. and he's 25. He can handle that. I need to see somebody who can come off the bench as a big man and score the basketball. See, I agree with you in the sense that I think power forward is it. I think I think defense is probably the biggest reason they. I think they, you know, I think Mikhail said something tonight about Papa Nikolaou knowing when he plays him as the the four, he knows the spots to be at, and he said, you know, our starting power forwards probably don't even know as well as he did, or something to, to that effect. And I thought that was telling because I still think there's a trust issue defensively with with both Jones and Demo. Now Jones is improving in my in my personal opinion, but I think that's I think if they were at a, a Millsap or a David West, I mean, I think this defensively would become extremely solid and like you said the scoring uh, aspect I think would be a, a huge boost to this team I think we're still watching the, the New Orleans Pelicans and saying yeah I think that's a, a very underrated aspect of how in, this team can improve we need to see that the Pelican team struggle and it hasn't really necessarily happened yet I think they're I believe they're like two and two I can't remember what their record is right now but we need to see it be clear that they're not going to make the playoffs um, because I think when we see February roll around that that pick that Daryl Morey has, their first round pick for next year, needs to be a, a very valuable piece. And I think we're going to sit and wait, whether it's a Phoenix, in Atlanta, somebody like that, you know, Indiana, that's just going to say, you know what, we need to completely change direction. Somebody's going to come in here and say, I, we were expecting to, to contend for a playoff spot this year, and it's not going to happen. And that's when a piece is going to get sold off, and, and Daryl's going to be hopefully in that position to pounce. But I would agree with you that Power Forward is the position, I just think that they have to have somebody that, that McHale trust from a defense and a rebounding standpoint and they're going to roll with uh, they'll be content enough with their offense as long as that guy can can hit knock down a mid-range shot i think that the next step for that discussion is is playing pop nicolau more as the four and seeing what he can handle defensively um can he defend bigger guys if, if it's if it's called upon him to do so Clearly, he can pass well enough. Oh, yeah. Clearly, he understands his positioning on the court. Clearly, the basketball IQ is there to handle all those aspects of the game. But I think his defense against bigger players may be an issue at some point. But we need an opportunity to see him do that before we can make it, render a final judgment on him in that regard. I, I think at some point, I, I agree with you, they're going to find a veteran out there who can they can plug in 
and a guy they can trust to come in here and, and yeah. do the little things that maybe Ariza is doing as a small forward that they can get as a power forward slash center off the bench. And there there clearly aren't enough centers in this league to where you need a true big off the bench to be effective. But somebody who's big enough to give you rebounding defense and, again, scoring. They, they, I think at some point that's going to be the, 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 the pimple of the wart on this team as you go, man, they're just terrible with their, with their bigs beyond Dwight Howard. And at some stage they'll address it. How well they address it and when they address it is what remains to be seen. Yeah. Also, as, as well as the Pelicans struggling, we wouldn't, wouldn't hurt to see Clint Capella go down to the D-League and, and put up some numbers. I mean, the guy is raw. He's, you know, a ways away. I don't think you're going to see any kind of impact this year or, or any kind of minutes this year, but I think this is a guy that could tantalize some people saying, hey, this is a future center, a, a Serge Ibaka light type player as far as his wingspan and his, uh, you know, measurables and things of that nature. But uh, we'll see. I think this is a team that has a very special core. And I think, you know, you look at Anthony Davis, you look at Boogie Cousins, and you say to yourself, uh, you know, in a couple years, it's going to change. You know, you need to take advantage now. Right now. Uh, and, and so I think they're going to make they're going to make a, a move. You know, I, we're not going to see anything until after mid-December, but, uh, you know, the latest February. Something's going to going to change with this team. Man, MK, thanks so much, man. Anything we didn't uh, touch on? No, I think we can address a lot of the things you talked about, and it's interesting you were just kind of talking about the window, and it's going to close pretty quickly when you see some of the young bigs in the West, and I think the Rockets have to strike right now, and, and that I think that dovetails into their decision to let Chandler Parsons go. Uh, they, they couldn't they couldn't hamstring themselves in the immediate future knowing what's coming down the line. They have to try to win right now. I think Harden and Howard, as much as we talked about three, three superstars on a team, I think Harden and Howard are good enough in their prime that they can lead a team to championship contention. I agree. And we're seeing that right now. And they have the role with what they have. And I think at some point they'll plug in a veteran who can score off the bench, a big who can score off the bench, and ride with that group for the next year or two. Because I think, to your point, it's going to close really, really fast. And at some stage you have to deal with the fact that Dwight Howard's going to be knocking on 30. At, at some point the, the guys you put around him um, – uh, Jason Terry, Akasha's Papa Nicola, they're all growing at different stages. So uh, you got to strike while the iron's hot. I think the iron's going to be hot this year. Yeah, and I think uh, there's reason to be excited. I mean, Mikhail touched on something in pregame tonight, talking about the difference between last year where guys were maybe turning it over and doing a little bit of finger pointing, like talking about the pass play. And, and, and he says now, you know, this team, they just they focus on the next play and they just move on to the next play and they don't they don't look at it like whose fault it was and, and, and things of that nature. So I'm in love with, with you know the professionalism we've seen out of these guys, the focus um, it's only six games in there have there have been reasons to say hey you know can't be too excited Spurs obviously rested some key guys tonight the first four opponents were fairly weak even uh, even though uh, three of those four were on the road but um, you know it, there's there's reason to be excited right now and I think we're going to see a great matchup this Saturday against the Warriors looking forward to it let's go you Dave all right man thanks so much MK appreciate it thank you